praying for our graduates. Well, today is our last, uh, last sermon in our Q&A series. We've been looking at this. You have submitted questions, some deep, great questions, and uh, we've been looking at different questions each and every week and uh, looking at what does the Bible have to say about them? What's the Bible have to say about these tough questions? So we've looked at questions on uh, addictions. We've looked at questions on unanswered prayers, on healing. Uh, We've looked at questions on the unpardonable sin. We've looked at questions on suicide and on parenting. So we've looked at a lot of different questions. And and so we're going to jump right into this week's question. The last one that we're going to be looking at is this. What do you do if someone who does not know Christ... Ask questions such as, why do you believe in Christ, or why do bad things happen to good people? The second question along with it is, how do you tell someone about Jesus if they love to argue about what you say? Anybody been in some of these situations before? People ask you tough questions, and you know, today I I really appreciate this question. I, I think this is a great question because normally in this series, uh, we've been on the hot seat up here. Right? We've been sitting there like, oh man, hope I say this right, hope I do this right. But today, you are on the hot seat. Right? What do you do when somebody asks you a difficult question? What are you going to do? How, how would you respond? Uh, so today, let's put you on the hot seat today. This is going to be good. Be a little interactive today. You guys ready for this? Uh, who, who wants to go on the hot seat? Who wants, who wants a tough question? Beth, thank you. Thank you for being brave. All right. What would you do today? I'm going to give you like very minimal time to answer. You got like 10 seconds, Beth. So you give me your best 10 second answer. If somebody came up to you and asked, if God is so good, then why does everything go wrong for me? I'll hold it. I'll hold it. I'm Don't. ready to answer the other question. <laughs> no, this is, this, is, this, is, this is real life. If, if, if God is so good, then why does everything go wrong for me? I would share something about how things maybe have gone wrong for me, but yet God's love and the love that he demonstrates, everything that he does for us is so powerful. Yeah, good answer. So you'd start sharing your story. Give it up for Beth on the hot seat today. That's good. That's good. Somebody else. We got another volunteer over here. We got a teenager. Oh, oh, let's put a teenager on the hot seat. Why is everybody pointing to Pastor Sterling? He's got Isaac. Isaac, you want to try it out? All right, Jackson, stand up. All right, here, here's the question, all right? Somebody comes up to you, and, uh, oh, let's see. Now, you, you believe in, in God the Father and Jesus, right, and the Holy Spirit, but I thought you only served one God. Why, why is there three of them? Um, it's not three gods. It's one God, but they're all, like, in different parts. Interesting. Yes. Man, that's, that's tough to wrap my mind around. That's good. Give it up. Give it up for Jackson. Woo! Hey, anybody else? Let's see. Let, let's get somebody on the hot seat over here. Somebody want a tough question? Everybody's like getting really low right now. <laughs> Sliding on back. Come on. This, this is for you guys. Anybody? Nathan, I'm going to pick on you. You looked at me. You shouldn't have done that. Stand up, Nathan. You got this. All right. Uh, let's see. Question that, that you might get. How can I, why should I go to church when the church is just full of hypocrites? What do you think? Yeah, you got to stand up. You got to stand up. Yeah. So all Christians are still human, right? And we're all working on things in our lives. And it's still important to be in fellowship with other believers because we're helping each other build. Um, Iron sharpens iron, right? Where 
you and I, we both have things that we're working on, but we're helping each other to work on those things. And I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but together we're getting better. Hey, look at that. Good answer. Good job. Anybody else? We need somebody from the balcony. You're lucky today, all right? Should have planted somebody. Would you just throw it up there? All right, let's, let's do one more. Anybody else? Jonathan, I see that hand. I see that hand. Jonathan's on the, on the hot seat today. All right, let's see. Let's get you good. Why don't you stand up, Jonathan? Let me give you a really tough one on my list. Let's see. How do you know that Jesus actually rose from the dead? Didn't people just make that story up? Well, there, for one, we can look at the four Gospels. There were multiple witnesses for Christ's resurrection. And there's many different perspectives uh, from uh, people who had witnessed that event. Okay. So a lot of different witnesses. Give it up for Jonathan. That's good. All right, we'll, we'll take it easy. We'll, we'll, we'll pause at that one. But great job being on the hot seat today. Uh, man, isn't that real, though? Isn't that real life? You don't know when the questions are going to come. You don't know when that coworker or when that family member is going to randomly come to you and, and ask you that question that you just, oh, that's, that's deep. You know, the, why do bad things happen to good people? Or uh, when, when they ask you, uh, you know, why should I go to church when I've been hurt by so many people in the church? Or when I've been hurt by, by that teaching? Or maybe you're just around somebody and they start, start mocking Christianity. You know, Jesus, yeah, like he, he's real, like he can be my, maybe I'll go get saved. Maybe I'll do that. And you see all these difficult questions pop up. What do you do when you're on the hot seat? And, and that's the question that we're, we're looking at today. Graduates, this is something you can face is, as you go off to college, as you go off into the world, you might find people who are arguing against you, and it's in that moment. Am I going to be able to defend my faith? Am I going to be able uh, to stand up and, and share what I think is, is biblical truth? So today, let's look in God's Word. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can open them up to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, I believe, is going to give us a lot of insight on what to do when we're in the hot seat. Uh, so Peter... He's one of Jesus' disciples. He's the guy who wrote this book. That's why it's called 1 Peter. Uh, Peter, he, he's the one who got to walk on water. But then he took his eyes off Jesus and, and he started to sink. Right? Peter, the one who first declared Jesus, I believe that you are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Right? He was doing so good. And, and Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. It's all going to be great. And then just a few moments later, he, he's telling Jesus that he's wrong. And Jesus tells him, get behind me, Satan. Right? The up and down life of Peter. Peter, the same one who said, Jesus, I will die for you. And a couple hours later, he denies him three times. That Peter. But also the same Peter who was filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and got up and, and, and preached uh, preach the gospel, preach the good news, and 3,000 people came uh, to Jesus that day. He was also uh, the same Peter who is the leader of the early church. He was the, the same Peter uh, who, who told the, the lame man at the temple gate, get up and walk, and he did, and, and God healed him today. He was the same Peter who faced persecution. He was thrown into prison three times, miraculously twice. He was freed from prison, and he was never afraid to back down. He was never afraid to share the gospel. That's the Peter that we're talking about. So he writes this book to believers. It was, this letter was to go from church to church, uh, because at this time, the church was facing some great persecution. 
And Peter had faced great persecution, and, and so he's encouraging them and helping them. Here's what you do when you face persecution. You know, little did he know, unless maybe uh, the Lord revealed it to him, but the church was about to enter into one of the most heaviest uh, persecution times that they would ever face against the, the Roman Empire. And, and so Peter is, is writing, telling them, hey, here, let me give you some advice on when you face these things. So, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, he tells the church this. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Lord, I thank you for your word today. God, I pray that you would take this passage, you'd open our eyes and help us to apply it to our lives today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So from this passage, uh, we're going to pull out just four truths uh, that we can see how we can add this to our life of what do we do when we are on the hot seat, when we're asked questions that are deep, that are theological, and, and we've got to figure out how do I respond practically to this person who's asking this question from probably a deep place. Uh, so four different things. The first one is this. The first thing we see in this passage, live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. It starts out by saying, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. See, did you know that when you live for Jesus, when you revere uh, Jesus in your heart, when, when you honor Jesus in your life, when you dedicate your life to him, when you worship him, when you have the fear of the Lord inside of you, people are going to notice. You're going to stand out. Because you're living differently than the rest of this world is. So when you choose to, to live for Jesus with everything you have inside of you, people are going to take notice. Uh, every year, Central High School puts on uh, a little event called Night for a Princess. You know, some of you guys have, have jumped in and participated in that. And it's a lot of fun. You get to take uh, your little girls. You know, Dads get to take their little girls to a royal ball. And uh, they have fun. So the little girls, they get all dressed up, and you know, they've got their, their gowns on. They've got everything on, and, and they're doing their hair and their makeup and the earrings and all that stuff. And they just feel like little princesses. And, and the dads, they pull out their, their best suit, you know, and tie and all that. And, I mean, they at least wear a collar, if nothing else. And, and uh, so they've, they've got their collared shirts on. They've got their suit and tie on, and it's great. So we, we get into the, into the high school, and... You know, you see everybody's dressed up, you know, all, all the dads are in their suits and in their ties. And then there was this guy. He took night for a princess, literally. He dressed up as a knight, right? So he came in, I mean, just, just decked out. And let me tell you what, he stood out. I mean, everybody knew that guy, right? The guy who was dressed up as, as a knight. And, and so... When you're going around to different stations and stuff, you start talking to different dads. Well, when you, you go next to this dad, what are you going to talk about? His costume, right? You know, you're going to start asking questions like, oh, wow, you, you took that literally. Nice, nice night suit, you know? Or where do you purchase chainmail these days? You're going to ask him questions. And that's what's going to come up because he stood out. See, in the same way, when you live for Jesus... Right? When you live for him with everything that you have, when you put on the full armor of God that we read about in Ephesians chapter 6, you are going to stand out. And when you stand out, people are going to ask you questions. 
They're going to come up to you because they notice that you are different. They're not going to be able to help themselves. They're going to ask you questions like, why are you different? Why do you have hope? Why, why are you so kind? Why are you so patient? I, I don't understand it. Because you look different. You respond differently because you're living for Jesus. So it's natural. It's natural when we live for Jesus that people are going to ask us questions, that they're going to come up to us and, and maybe ask us some difficult questions of, I, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't get this. Can you help me with this? Because you're different. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. See, our goal as Christians is, is to be holy bug zappers, right? We've got the light of Christ inside of us, and it's going to draw people in. And then we let the Holy Spirit zap them, right? That, that's what we need to do, be holy bug zappers for Jesus. But it starts with letting our light shine. People aren't going to ask you those questions if you aren't living for Jesus, because you're going to look like everybody else around them. You're going to just look like another guy in a suit and tie. You're not going to be standing there in a night outfit, right? You, uh, when you live for Jesus, you stand out. When you stand out, people will ask you questions. And so my prayer for the people in this room today is may you stand out. May you stand out. May you not be ashamed. But may you, you live for Jesus with everything that you have. Like we talked about last week, may, may we put the word of God on our doorposts and on the gates. May we not be ashamed. May, may people know that we serve the Lord. And when they do that, may they ask you questions. When they see the fruit of the Spirit growing inside of you. Right? When they see that on their own, may they ask you questions. So rather than getting scared right now about, oh no, I might get asked a hard question. Get excited. That somebody might ask you a hard question. That somebody cares. That somebody sees Jesus in you. Right? So let's change our perspective a little bit. Let's get excited for that open door that the Holy Spirit wants to bring in there. So uh, that's the first step. That's the first thing we can do. In our hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Live for Jesus. The second thing, it literally says next, always be prepared. Always be prepared. Always be prepared. Now, now that one's a little scary. Wait, I've got to always be ready? Man, those were some tough questions that we asked already today. How am I supposed to know all that stuff? Like, am I just supposed to study nonstop so I can be ready to answer anybody's questions at any time? Like, this sounds like a pop quiz. Like, the teacher's just going to randomly come, and I'm going to be graded on this. How do I need to be always be ready? That seems impossible. So this morning, let me take a little bit of stress off of you. Because uh, points two and point three go pretty hand in hand. Because I, I don't believe that that's what it's saying. It doesn't say you have to be ready to answer any single question that they throw at you with, with all the details and with all of the, the points and all of the, you know, uh, uh, theological correctness that goes into all of those things. Uh, it's not saying that. Those things are good. But if you keep reading, it says you need to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have. That's what it says you need to be prepared to do. So this passage isn't saying you need to be ready to give the ontological argument for the existence of God. Or it, does, it doesn't say you need to be ready to give your theology of pain and suffering. It doesn't say that you need to explain why you hold a dispensational, premillennial, pre-tribulational view of eschatology. Right? It, it's not asking you to do that. It, it's saying, are you ready to share your testimony? Are you ready to share the hope that you have? Are you ready to share about Jesus Christ and how he's come in and changed your life and you're no longer the same person? 
Are you ready for that? Are you prepared? See, you need to be ready to share the good news. That's, that's ultimately what it's saying. You need to be ready to share the good news, to give the reason for the hope that you, that you have. Because people, they walk around and they see you living joyfully. They see you hopeful. They see you living with purpose. And they come up and ask you, what's different about you? Why do you have hope? This is your open door to share your testimony. This is the open door for you to share the gospel. So are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to share your testimony? Have you taken the time? Right, if we were to go around with this microphone again and, and uh, if you were chosen, would you be ready to give your testimony? Would you be ready to tell someone about Jesus and, and, and what he's done in, in your life? See, I feel like so often we pray for people. How many have ever prayed for someone to come to Jesus? Right? We, we pray for people all the time. God, would you help this person come to Jesus? God, would you help this person to come to Jesus? And then the moment the Holy Spirit tells you, all right, but I'm going to use you. Whoa, 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 God. That's, that wasn't part of the deal. That wasn't the prayer that I prayed. Lord, send somebody else. Right? But then all of a sudden you've been praying for this person, and then they ask that question. They, they touch on something about Jesus, or they ask you why you're so happy, right? And the Holy Spirit, he creates an open door for you. And you can feel it. He's nudging you in like, all right, just walk through it. And you're sitting there like, God, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I don't know. Are you ready? Are you ready to share what your life was like before Jesus? Are you ready to, to share that moment when Jesus changed everything? Are you ready to share how your life's been different since you met Jesus? Do you have that story? Right? Do you have that? Do you, has Jesus changed your life? Because today, if you don't have that story, you can find that story today. You can ask Jesus into your heart, and he, he'll, he'll change everything. So are you ready to share your testimony? Or is your fear of how someone might view you greater than, than the fear that that person that you're talking to might spend eternity in hell. So which fear are you giving into? Fear that you might get hurt or fear that they might go to hell? Are we ready? You know, in the book of Acts, again, this is, First uh, Peter is written by, by Peter, and in the book of Acts, we see a lot of Peter's story after he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting, Peter was asked a lot of hard questions in that book. You can go through, and, and I found just five different times that we see Peter was asked uh, difficult questions. In Acts chapter 2, again, we, we see people being filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and the first thing that happens is they begin to speak in a new language that they have never learned, and, and they're just praising God in this new language, and there's people outside of the upper room, and they're listening, and, and they start hearing the praises of God in their native language, and they are really, really confused. And, and so they, they ask Peter, this question, what does this mean? Uh, how, how is this, what is going on, Peter? Give us some answers. This is a difficult question. You know, maybe in, in, your, in your life, in your area, somebody might come up and ask you, do you believe in speaking in tongues? Or, or they might mock it and say, yeah, speaking in tongues, that, those messed up people down the street, you know, at that church. And that's your open door, your open window to be able to share something Deeper. So how do you answer that question if someone says, do you believe in speaking in tongues? Acts chapter 3. Peter's asked the question after they see uh, this, this lame man at the temple gate get up and walk. 
He's asked the question, do you believe, or how can someone be healed? How can this happen? How could this man be healed? Maybe today somebody comes up and asks you, do you believe in healing? Do you believe that God can heal? Or maybe they come up to you and they're, they're in a wheelchair, or they've got some problem, and they say, do you believe that God could heal me? How do you answer them? How did Peter answer? Another question that Peter was asked, Acts chapter 4. Uh, he was put on trial and he said, by what power, by what power did you do this? What, what power healed this man? What power did this? And, and maybe somebody comes up to you and, and they ask you about the power of God. Maybe they say, why is your God more powerful than any other God? I mean, isn't all, all of these religions, they serve all these different gods, but aren't they really just the same God, just with different names? How would you respond? How would you respond? Acts chapter 5, Peter's put on trial again. And they tell him, why are you always talking about Jesus? Stop talking about Jesus. Just knock it off. Maybe somebody uh, that you come and encounter with asks you, why are you so happy all the time? Stop it. It's annoying. You know, why, why, why do you always have such a positive perspective? Or why do you go to church? How do you respond? How did Peter respond? One more, Acts chapter 10. Uh, we, we see Peter's faced with this question himself. Can anyone be saved? Can anyone be saved? Can just Jewish people be saved? Can just good people be saved? Or can anyone be saved? I bet you've come across this question before when somebody asks, can a murderer be saved? Can somebody who's done horrible crimes, maybe even personally to my family, could God save them? I mean, these are real questions that people ask, that maybe you've encountered, maybe that you ask yourself. And these are all questions that Peter was asked. And what's really interesting, you can go back and check in chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, 10. Every time, you know, Peter responds in a similar fashion. He doesn't get lost in the weeds and, and spend all the time on the question itself. But he uses the question to launch into the gospel. He uses the question to share his testimony, to share his story, to, to share what Jesus did in his life. And sometimes we can get so busy trying to answer that, that question that we forget the main point behind it all is what Jesus did in our lives. So sometimes the best answer that we can give people is I don't know. Right? There's questions that they're tough. They're not easy. I don't know. Now, we take time to go research them and look them up. And I encourage you guys, uh, take time to study. Take time to dive into some difficult life questions. It's going to help you grow in faith. It's going to help you to grow deeper. Go look up some, there's great books and, and authors and, and speakers out there that are going to help you uh, grow deeper and help you look deeper into the Bible of, of how it gives you responses and answers. So I'm not saying by any means today, don't study, don't, don't look into those. Uh, be as prepared as you can, but definitely be prepared to share Jesus. Be prepared to share your story. So maybe your answer is, hey, I don't know the answer to that one. But let me tell you what I do know, is that I used to be messed up. I used to have no purpose in life. I used to be hopeless. Uh, I, I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning because I didn't know why I was living. But then I met Jesus, and he changed everything. I found out that, that if I believe in him, that he would forgive my sins, 
and, and he would make me new. And now that I'm living with him, I have hope. I have purpose. I have a reason to get out of bed every morning. And I know that when I die, that, that I'm going to go and, and be in heaven with Jesus for the rest of my life. So you may not know the answer, but, but you've got a story to tell. And that's what Peter did every time. He brought it back to the main point. He brought it back to, to the gospel message. One last part of the verse. It says this, but do this with gentleness and respect. So when we tell our story, when, when we're answering these questions, these difficult questions, we need to make sure we respond respectfully. Respond respectfully. Just a couple verses earlier in, in verse 9 of the First Peter chapter 3, it says this, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So again, understand that Peter is writing this in the face of persecution. It, when these people are having these conversations, it's not simply, oh, they may not be my friend after this. No, it's, I could get punished for this. I could die for this. And Peter's telling them, don't, don't just trade insult for insult. When somebody comes against you, return their evil with blessing. Whew, that's not easy to do. But that's what it says. Respond respectfully and, and in gentleness. Respond with blessing. See, when people ask you tough questions, even if their intent is to hurt you, even if their intent is to trip you up, even if their intent is to put you down, as followers of Jesus, we need to respond in gentleness and respect and respond with blessing. Because I found this out the hard way. You can't argue people into heaven. You can't. You can try. But screaming and yelling at somebody won't get them into heaven. They'll probably just, I don't want to hear that, right? I had just finished my first year at Trinity Bible College. And let me tell you, as a first-year student, I knew everything. I mean, I had taken the Bible classes. I was so wise. I had all the knowledge in the world. I had learned all these uh, big fancy words. I had taken intro to theology. So I was ready to enter any debate at that point. At least that's what I thought in my mind. So one day I was out in the park, and I come across this lady, and she begins to tell me her belief system. This is what I believe. This is how I do it. And it, it didn't match up with my belief system. It did not line up with my theology class. And so I... I let her know it, you know, just trying to win this lady to the Lord. And so I started out by telling her, you know what you believe is completely wrong. You know that God that you pray to, they're dead. I mean, dead, dead. They don't hear you because they're dead, right? And so I go in, and I'm like arguing with this lady and putting her down and belittling her. You know what happened that day? No one got saved. No one got saved. Year two, I learned more of the gentleness and respect part, so I, I guess I hadn't learned everything. But our conversation should be full of gentleness and respect. How, how do we do that? Uh, let's talk about respect for a second. One way that we can respect people when we have these conversations is to listen. That's one of the greatest ways you can respect people is simply to listen. We're quick to share our point of view. We're quick to argue and tell them, no, that's not right. Here, here's what it is. Here's what it is. But people are much more ready to listen after they've first been heard. 
And so we need to take time to listen so that we can hear people. Now, it may take a little time to truly hear that person out, uh, but you'll discover some fascinating things. You'll discover more of their story when we simply listen. Because active listening uh, involves more than just staring at that person or being quiet, but it takes asking questions. So when somebody asks you a difficult question, maybe they say, I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Tell you what, there's a story there. There's a story there. They, they've, got, they've got something to share. So rather than sitting there and saying, oh yeah, let me, you know, and arguing with them, ask them. So tell me about it. What, what's been your experience with the church? When, when's the last time that you attended church? You know, that, man, that must have been really painful. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And we take the time to listen. Because it's amazing what some people have gone through. And when you take the time to, to hear them out and hear their story and, and, and hear the hurt and the pain they've been through, you're going to be able to respond with a lot more compassion than you were at first. And they're going to be a lot more willing to listen to you now that they know that you care, not that you just want to win an argument. Listening is a great way to show respect. Gentleness. Gentleness. Again, it's easy to be rough with people, but, but again, think about the why. Why are you having this conversation with them? Why are, why are you engaged in this? What are you trying to do? Because the goal of this conversation, again, it's not to win an argument. Because if you win the argument, you lose. I don't know how that works, but just trust me. If you win the argument, you lose. But the goal is, is to win the person to Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. And so when we have that end goal in mind to, to win them to Jesus, to, to be able to get them to a point where you can share your story and, and tell them, man, this is what happened in my life, and, and you could have the same experience. Right? That, that's the point we're trying to get to. And so when we realize that's the end goal, uh, our delivery can change a little bit, even if that person's a little rough with us. Uh, it's interesting on the, the Titanic, uh, right after it struck the iceberg, uh, there was 18 lifeboats that were deployed. But the first lifeboats that came out, people were trying to urge uh, the passengers, hey, get on the boat, get on the boat, we got to get off. But people didn't believe that the boats were sinking or that the Titanic was sinking. So they didn't get on. So a lot of the lifeboats they sent out were only half full. Now, why were these people trying to persuade them to get on the boat? They persuaded them because out of love, they wanted to save their life. And in the same way, we're trying to do that in these conversations. We're talking to them, not to win an argument, but, but to try to save their life. To, so we do it out of love. We do it in gentleness. So again, coming back to that question, that, that second question that was on the screen, what do we do if the people love to argue with us? Right? What if they're just trying to do that? Uh, we win them over through respect, through, through listening to what they have to say, through giving them some good eye power. We're in the kindergarten class uh, for the Christmas parties that we, we throw. And the kids were like acting up and they were all over the place. And the teacher said, you know, give our speaker good eye power. All of a sudden, 20 kids just stared at me directly. It was kind of intimidating, actually. Like, I mean, they were right in the eyeballs and they were quiet. But, but I knew in that moment, okay, they're hearing what I have to say. So give, give some people some good eye power when you're listening to them. Tune in, respect them, respond gently. Uh, the Bible says, Proverbs 15, verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word 
stirs up anger. Let's be gentle. Lana, would you come? So let's, let's recap here a little bit. Live for Jesus. Always be prepared to share the good news gently and respectfully. That is what Peter tells us. When you're on the hot seat, this is your goal. This is your directive. Live for Jesus. People are going to ask you questions. So you need to be prepared to give the good news about Jesus for the hope that you have. And when you do that, share it gently and respectfully. See, I believe that this form of evangelism is one of the most effective forms out there. It's one of the most effective. Now, big events, Sunday mornings, community outreaches, those, are, those all have their places. But when the church goes out in the community and lives for Jesus, and people take notice, and you take those opportunities to share your faith, watch out. Watch out. God is going to change Aberdeen when we do that. When the whole church is working together, sharing the gospel. So what is the gospel? Maybe you're here with us for the first time today, and you, you don't really have a good grasp on, on what is it. What is this hope? What, what's different? You know, every person that you see, from the nicest person to the sourest person, is guilty. They're guilty. Even the nicest person out there, they're, they're guilty of what the Bible calls sin. We've disobeyed God. We've disobeyed our Creator. And because of sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Eternal death. We are destined for hell. And there's nothing we can do about it. No matter how many good things we try to do, no matter how many uh, ways we try to change that verdict, one day we will stand before God on judgment day and, and those who are guilty of sin will be sentenced to eternity in hell. It's, it's impossible. We can't overcome it. But the Bible says that, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. And so we have hope today that, that Jesus came and he takes our, our guilty verdict, takes our sin, and he took the punish for them, punishment for them when he died on the cross. And so when we believe in Jesus, because that's all it says we need to do, when we believe in Jesus, he takes that guilty verdict. So when we stand before God on judgment day, he doesn't see us as guilty anymore. He sees us as innocent because Jesus has taken our guilt. And we can spend eternity in heaven with God the rest of our days. And that's the good news. That's what we want to tell people. That's what I'm sharing with you today. There's hope. God wants to give you a purpose and a future. He's got a plan for your life. He loves you. He loves you. And he's never going to stop, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've run, no matter how bad you've messed up, no matter how bad you've sinned in your book. God loves you. So if you're here today, you can believe it. You can give your life to Jesus 
and you're going to have a story to tell. You're going to walk into work tomorrow. You're going to go home today, and, and, and your family, your coworkers are going to say, there's something different about you. I, I can't quite place it. There's something different about you, and you'll be able to share. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you how he changed my life. So live for Jesus. Always be prepared. Share the good news. Respond respectfully. What's interesting there is I pick up a common a theme that we're really familiar with around here. It says live for Jesus. That sounds an awful like, like a lot like love God. Right? We need to love God. And what happens when we love God? People are going to notice. People are going to ask questions. And so then in that moment, we need to be ready to share the good news or share Christ. And how should we share Christ? Lovingly. We got to love people when we share Christ because that, that's the ultimate goal is we love people and we want to see them love God. Now that's our mission statement here. Love God, love people, share Christ. So watch out. Watch out Brown County when the church decides to love God, love people, and share Christ in our daily lives because I believe that God is going to do incredible things in and through this church, through his people. You are his people. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the church. So I challenge you, go out there. Be, be ready. So today, maybe a takeaway for you that, that you can leave this place with is this. Are you ready to share your testimony? Are you ready to share the gospel? If you're living for Jesus, are you ready? Have you taken the time? Have you thought about it? Have you taken the time to just write it out? What has God done in my life? So I challenge you this week, if you haven't done that yet, if you've never stopped and really thought about your testimony, or maybe it's been a while. Take some time. Pull out a piece of paper. Pull out your computer and just write out your testimony. Write out what God's done in your life. Write out the change that's happened. So that way you can be ready when somebody asks you the difficult question. This morning I want to just give an opportunity to respond to the gospel. So would you close your eyes and bow your heads for, for just a moment. And today if there's anyone in this place... You know you haven't been living for Jesus. Maybe you've never accepted him, or maybe you did a long time ago, but you, you've been running hard. Maybe you've hit rock bottom. And today, you, you're just coming, and this is kind of the, I don't know what else to do. Today, there's hope. Today, you can accept Christ as your Savior, and he's going he's gonna to change everything. He's going to change everything. That addiction you're struggling with, Maybe a relationship you're struggling with. God's going to change everything in your life today. I believe that. So today, if you don't know Jesus and, and you'd like to today, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I want to believe with you. Catch my eye. Is there anybody here today? You just need to know Jesus as your Savior. Anyone in the balcony? pray together. Let me just pray for you. Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for each and every person here today. Lord, I pray that if there's any who don't know you, God, if there's any online who, who are joining and, and, and just feel the Holy Spirit convicting their lives right now, God, I pray that they would take that time to surrender their life to you, to give it all to you. Lord, thank you that you came, that you died on the cross, that you rose again after three days. So that we can have life 
so that when we die, if we believe in you, we can be raised to life in eternity with you. So Lord, I, I pray that you would move in hearts and minds and in souls today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? I just want to pray a blessing over you uh, before we leave. Uh, if you just need to take some time, just at the altar, these altars are open. But I challenge you again this week, take some time figure out your testimony, write it down, and, and when that door opens and the Holy Spirit is, is working on your heart, just begin to share. Don't get lost in the weeds, but, but lead it back to your story. Lead it back to Jesus. So Jesus, I thank you for your church. God, I'm excited at what can happen, Lord, as, as we truly believe that we are going to love God, love people, and share Christ. Lord, I pray that this week that people would take notice that we are living differently, and I pray that when they do, that, that they would ask questions. And when they ask questions, God, may we take those opportunities. May we walk through those doors. And, and may we share what you put on our hearts. May, you share, may we share how you've changed our lives. So, Lord, we pray for many in our community, Lord, to, to know you this week, to have life-changing experiences. God, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you'd give us the boldness, God, to speak up, that you would give us the words to say. Lord, I pray your blessing on your people today as we invade our community with the gospel, with the light of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' holy, precious, and mighty name, amen.